Here's the lesson. Hmm. People are making millions and millions and millions of dollars in this tiny little market, hmm. all right? Just because a market is tiny doesn't mean it's bad, all right? This is the thing. This is the whole thing of a 1,000 true fans. Hmm. You get a 1,000 people paying you $100 over the course of a year, that's a $100,000 a year business. Hmm. I'm Valerie Koo from the Australian Writers' Centre and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. So welcome back. This is the third of a three-part series with Ed Dale on copywriting. I hope you enjoyed the first two parts. If you haven't checked them out, definitely have a listen to them first. In part two of this three-part series, we talked about the first four of the six areas of focus that Ed touched on. So do go back and listen to the first four areas of focus in part two if you haven't already done so. Now we're going to move into area five and six. Now, if you want to check out some more copywriting-related content, then as I mentioned in part one, you might also want to check out a few other episodes. Episode three with John Morrow, where he talks a lot about how to use blogging to build a highly successful business, but he also touches on some very important copywriting concepts. Episode number nine with Kevin Rogers, the comedian turned copywriter, that was pretty hilarious, that was called Blind Man Driving. And then episode number 61, when I had Kevin Rogers back on the show, where we talked about why attention is a new currency, another great episode on some copywriting hacks. You also want to check out episode number 47 with Demian Farnworth from Copyblogger, where we talked about web copywriting and how to create content on your website to maximize your conversions. In other words, to turn your website browsers into repeat customers. And if you want to check out any of the show notes for any of these episodes, just go to ProductiveInsights.com and type in the name of the guest and it should bring up the episode. And just a reminder that this episode is brought to you by the Productive Insights Done For You podcast launch service, which positions you as a leading authority in your market and successfully turns listeners into high value customers. Book a call with me on callashroy.com to discuss how we can get started. And now here's part three of the three-part series with Ed Dale. So our fifth focus, is, which I've mentioned, is make valuable offers. Yep. And, and get the key word there. So, yes, ask for money, but make valuable. Let's not forget the word valuable, mm. right, in this. You know, valuable offers. So you're offering, to, you're providing pain relievers to your market. You're providing gain creators to your market. You're showing them the fastest, easiest way to get the jobs done that they need to be done. You know, so how do you know an offer is valuable? How do you determine that testing? Well, ultimately, I suppose, and that's a beautiful segue into the final focus, which is <laughs> test and experiment. Right. Right. Is that it's absolutely the whole, if you talk about things that have changed from the challenge when we started a decade ago to now is the whole concept of minimum viable product. Hmm. So testing with actual products in the marketplace, that doesn't mean crap, right? People often equate minimum valuable product with crap. That's not, the word is minimum valuable. There's that word again, <laughs> valuable, yeah. right? So here's the biggest pain in my market. This will help people with that pain. 
So how do I get that out in a marketplace, which I can get out and test in the fastest, quickest, safest way that will still deliver the value that we want to deliver to the client? And so that's ultimately you know, what you need to do. And that's part of making valuable offers and then testing and experimenting. Often what can happen is you do have some level of success and then you stop testing and experimenting. And so what happens is you have this peak yeah. and you have this trough. You know, A lot of businesses know this, right? You have the peaks and then the troughs yeah. and the peaks and the troughs, right? That is what you know people often have as, as a challenge with all of this. So you know, with my Kanban board up here, one of the yeah. reasons I love it as a, as a visual is I know those six focus areas and I'm looking at my ready column and I'm going, am I at least addressing a couple of those things in that yeah. ready column this week? So yeah. these are the things that I need to get done this week. I'm committing to myself to get done. Mm-hmm. You've got to say, yeah, because often they can be busy work, important, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff that needs to be done, but not one of those six key areas, right? right? And that's where you get your stagnation, right? That's where you don't. And that might reflect a lot of research, but no testing and experimenting, right? There might be a really big mismatch of value there. So that's why it gives me, a, you know, it gives me a visual indicator, which I need to be able to figure out what, you know, making sure the balance is right. Without that visual guide, I often, you get to the end of the week and you sort of, you don't learn anything from the week because, you know, your brain is designed. If you finish a task and it, there's no big emotional attachment to that task, positive or usually negative, mm-hmm. you'll forget it, right? Because your brain dumps it out of, front-term memory right. so it can bring on, it can work on the next problem, right? Because it takes calories for your mm. brain to work on this. And yes. it's, your brain, for most people, is burning more calories than you can do running, you know, yeah. any it's particular like, time. It's like 25% or something that it oh, burns, it's massive. Right? It's a massive amount, right? So that is, you know, so your brain is trying to conserve energy wherever it can. So as soon as you've done a task, it will dump it out of your RAM, right? right? And when it does that, you forget what you've done. So you look back at what's been done during the week. And if you don't have some sort of visual record, you forget and you can't look at this at the end because what I do at the end of the week is say, okay, did I get done what I needed to get done? If I didn't, why? What was the thing? Not in a blamey sort of way, but a, how can I do this better this week? What didn't I anticipate? So I'm trying to learn from what happened during the week. But I'm also asking, hey, how did I go with my six focus points here? Right, because mm. you're not working on all six at the same time. Make mm. no mistake. And for a lot of people, like when they're starting the challenge, first two modules of the challenge are all about the first one, right? Market understanding. How do you do your pains, gains, and jobs to be done? How do you find that out? All of those sorts of things, and then it goes into building a list and so on. So that is the way I do it. Cool. Well, a lot of these autoresponders or email providers allow you to do testing with headlines now. For uh, I use Active Campaign, which I really like, mm-hmm. and you can actually create a couple of different emails and even email content and see which one works best. And it automatically works out, okay, this one's converting best, so I'm going to just send out the rest in this format. So that's something that's a good action step for someone who's listening, you know, try and work yes. out if your autoresponder does testing well deliver around deliverability of your emails. Yeah, and, and if you look at the what's the biggest single change in copy and copywriting and all of those sorts of things is that ability to get feedback. You know, testing headlines on Twitter. Mm. You know, try two different headlines as subject headings and see which one gets shared, starred, liked more. 
is another thing that you can do, for example. You can uh, actually do ads, right? You can run a Facebook ad and just test a couple of different headlines. Like if it's important mail that's going out, like it's part of an evergreen sequence, then, yeah, there's all sorts of ways now that you can test things. Tell me, uh, coming back to paid traffic, Ed, what is a reasonable amount of money one should budget for paid traffic? Let's take Facebook advertising, which is quite, you know, in at the moment. Yep, totally. What What do you reckon? What do you recommend? Well, okay, so before Facebook became the behemoth uh, that it is today, there was a bit of a problem, right? Because to do run a test on Google, an effective test where you're getting enough feedback to to decide whether something's good enough or not you're probably looking at a couple of hundred dollars to run a test. Mm. Now, thanks to Facebook, you know, you can run a good test with probably $20, right? Okay. So, which is fantastic, right? So forego a couple of coffees, you know, a couple of cafe lattes, and you can run a test, which is great. Mm. So, you know, we often recommend that Facebook is the first place you do test paid traffic. Okay. You know, ultimately, it's a combination of, well, what's the return on investment? Yes. You know, because if you know, you know, if you're spending $2 a lead, yep. but you know that lead's worth $4, well, you know, That's you try question, to do that yeah. every day. In our little tiny neck of the world, you know, it costs us between 2 and $3 a lead on Facebook, but we know we make $11 per lead. Right. Our problem is our market is so tiny yeah. that there's just not enough people. You know, we'd love to spend more, but it's such a small market that, you know. It, you mean of entrepreneurs? Uh, well, internet marketing in particular. Online. Oh, okay. It's only three or 400,000 people worldwide at any one particular time wow. that learning about internet marketing specifically. Right, right. Entrepreneurs is a much bigger market for sure. The internet marketing is a pimple on the bottom. Oh, of- <laughs> I see. Right, 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 right. Okay. So tell but me. Right. But here's the lesson there. Here's the lesson. Hmm. People are making millions and millions and millions of dollars in this tiny little market. Hmm. Right. Just because a market is tiny doesn't mean it's bad. All right. This is the thing. This is the whole thing of a thousand true fans. Hmm. You get a thousand people paying you a hundred dollars over the course of a year, that's a hundred thousand dollar a year business. Hmm. And I always ask people when I'm speaking, and just everybody listening and watching this now, you know, think about it. You know, have you spent a hundred dollars on your hobby or your passion over the course of the last year? And of course, people start chuckling because they've mm. usually spent way more than that. Yeah, yeah. I said, hey, have you gone to the concert of your favorite name artist? That's yeah. well like 100 bucks by itself. Yep. Just because it's a tiny market, it's nothing to be ashamed about because if you unlock the keys to serving that market, you'll have an incredible business. And an easy way to get started with Facebook advertising is just boosting a post, right? I mean, you can just do no, a boost No, that's post. a horrible uh, – sorry to cut across that's you. Fine. That's a horrible way. Okay. To do it because that is playing Facebook's game. The only type ah. of advertising you should be doing with Facebook is advertising that will either, A, get somebody to download an app, if you've yeah. got an app, that's fantastic. In fact, yeah. that is the number one performing post on Facebook, or generate a lead. Right. Right? You must get a lead. Because boosting a post, for what? For your ego satisfaction? No, to drive them back to your website and get an opt-in. Two div- okay, we've got terminology. That, I agree with you. Yes. Right. But is a post actually 
do it like that's how many st- as a copywriter mm-hmm. i know every step that i add into the process you know, you have attrition massive not not just attrition massive attrition right right right, massive right. good attrition. point okay so just so we're not – so I, I think we're probably actually in, in total agreement. In yes, tr- yes. Fashion, is that the ad must be going straight to somewhere that is being custom designed yes. to capture an email. Yes. Right? Yes. Because a blog post or a Facebook post has not been custom designed mm. to capture an email. Correct. Because here's the deal. I want – if somebody's – think about – just let's walk this through. If I'm on a Facebook page, I'm looking, checking out what my brother's got up to on a Friday night in London. I'll look at gotten drunk again. Mm. <laughs> right. And I have been distracted from that admittedly very amusing post by an ad. Mm. And by the way, it'll be on mobile. 90% of people yes. are using Facebook. So think about this for a second. If I've actually decided, you know what? I've just been interrupted here, but I'm actually interested in this interruption. So think about the mindset of you've actually interrupted somebody out of their newsfeed to click on something to go. So, and you just send them to a post. You just send them to a video to watch. Right, right. That's a good point. Yeah. We know a blog post opt-in maybe gets, if you get 1% of people on a blog post opt-in. That's a lot. That's a massive amount in this day yeah. and age. Yes. Here's the thing. You should be sending them to something that's, Again, remember, they've been interrupted. They've actually said, you know what? I am, yes, I'm actually interested in this underwater kickboxing thing. Yes. I want 30 to 50% of people to arrive to, because they've interrupted themselves. They've decided, yes, I'm going to go to this page. You should be collecting 30 to 50% of those people that have gone to that page with a page that is designed from ground to, to bottom to be something that is designed to get their email address. Now, I'm speaking like a horrible marketer right now, okay? <laughs> I'm an evil marketer. You know, oh, you just want their email address. No, provide incredible value yes. in return for getting their email address. So they're thinking, oh, I just can't wait to get this piece of information. Here's my email. And the information delivers. Yes. So that they think, oh, if I get further emails from this person, they yeah. should be valuable too. So it's got to be an exchange of value. But So when you say custom design page, you're talking about a landing page, but what about a pop-up opt-in? Would you, would you say that that's worthwhile or no? I'd much rather have a custom designed page that they arrive at which is designed to you know in our language hit their number one pain point i want to relieve the number one pain point you've got chronic migraines and you've come to my chiropractor i want you to walk out the door cured yep that's the ultimate right and i don't care you've got you keep getting beaten in underwater kickboxing i want to show you this new training technique which will help you immensely in your next bout right you see where i'm going with this you'll solve a problem solve a problem a specific problem in return for an email cool wow mate there there is so much gold in this conversation i just i'm going to try and do a little bit of a a summary good luck with that (laughs) good luck with that I'm going to try and see if I can follow the structure that I normally follow. So let's talk a bit about the challenges. So the biggest challenges that we talked about that entrepreneurs and business owners face is one of them is getting stuck in the research mode or 35% of them get stuck in the research mode. And one of the best ways to overcome that is to use a timer and to use constraints. We also talked about how a lot of people tend to get stuck in the, uh, I'm, I'm having a mental block here. 
that that's why it's completely understandable. And you know, people get stuck. They get stuck because they're worried about is this going to work or not, right? Is yes. this going to be right? They they want to be right before they start because they're trained since childhood yes. to not submit a piece of work until they're convinced they're right. And that's and that's just not how the real world operates. Yep. Yep, and then uh, we also need to tap into the fact that whether you you can be right or wrong, you're always going to be right or wrong in hindsight. That was a really important takeaway that Absolutely. I got from what you said. So constraints, understanding that you can be right or wrong in hindsight, and that means test, test, and test, test everything, and don't just have ideas in your head about what you think is going to work in terms of content or copywriting. Test it with your market. Solve a problem. So one of the other challenges that entrepreneurs face is they don't necessarily solve problems that are relevant to their audience. And the way you solve problems that are relevant to your audience is understand your audience. Spend time understanding your audience. You can't spend enough time doing that. So these are challenges and action steps I'm going through in tandem. We talked a little bit about brand and you made a really good point and that was think about Absolutely protect your brand, but if you're getting criticism from someone who doesn't merit attention, then don't kill yourself trying to solve that particular piece of criticism or to address that piece of criticism. If you're a copywriter and you're getting criticism from an accomplished copywriter who's actually written good quality copy, yeah, sure, pay attention to that. But if you're getting criticism from someone who couldn't be bothered putting their face on uh, or, or their name against the, the the handle on which they're doing the criticism, well, you know what, and they probably haven't written any copy, then ignore that. And another piece I'd add to that actually is if the con- criticism isn't constructive, then think twice about that as well. So if someone says to me, you know, this is crap, it's very easy to stand in the corner and throw stones. But if you're going to say something is crap, that's fine. But tell me what you think would be better. Give me an alternative. Otherwise, keep it to yourself. Which they won't keep it to themselves. Which they won't, yeah. <laughs> and so so the ones who won't, the ones, you know, the, the haters, as they call them, you know, you can safely ignore those ones because generally – good quality criticism comes with some kind of an alternative suggestion. Then I really love the six focus points you talked about, which was one, understanding your market, two, serving your market, three, building an email list, four, getting traffic, and that was paid, organic, or SEO, but you'd think that SEO is probably, you know, phasing out these days, and we both agreed that it's probably more about content. Number five was creating a valuable offer, and number six was testing, testing and testing. And the other piece I would say is if you're creating content, make sure it's consistent and understand that success is not something that comes overnight. And even the ones that appear to have overnight success probably have five or 10 years worth of hard slog, or as we call it in Australia, hard yakka that's gone in behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I suppose compare and contrast to the journey of a, a doctor or a surgeon, right? And realize, yeah. that, you know, they've gone through an enormous amount. Yeah. And we're not, you know, we're not, uh, you don't need to go to anywhere near that level of effort to yeah. get a return. But we we all do it even in society. We always, you know, tend to look at doctors and say, oh, you know, they get paid too much. I used to say that. And then you realize the amount of risk they're carrying and the amount of effort they put in. And you realize, mm-hmm you know what, you get what you pay for and you get what you work for. Mm -hmm. Totally. All right, well, it was awesome having you on the show, Ed. Is there anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? And actually, could you talk about some books that you've really, you've enjoyed and you'd like to share? Okay, well, I love my books. 
One I would like to do, and it's actually just sitting behind me here. I mentioned the Kanban board a couple of times. Yes, yes. A great primer for all of that is a book by Jim Moffat, M O F F A T, called Personal Kanban. Okay. That would be my book recommendation for people. I think it's a real eye-opener. And for those 65% of entrepreneurs who are sort of quick start, YOLO types, the type of people, you know, they will have set up a file of facts or a day timer in the 80s. They, they've they used all sorts of software and they've tried to set up systems and they've done getting things done, but nothing ever seems to stick. Yeah. Right? Which is me. Hello. Yeah, yeah. This Kanban stuff is a life changer. It really is absolutely astounding. So I would recommend is a great place to start, a personal Kanban Mm -hmm. for that. And and, and I suppose the only other thing is we've mentioned the challenge quite a bit. Yes, I wanted to know more about that. Yeah, it's available right now, challenge.co. It is completely free. The entire course is available for download literally as we speak. You can go through it at your own pace. Yep. And a lot of the themes that we've covered in today are really, you know, pains, gains, jobs to be done, building the funnel, building a list, all of that stuff is covered. For, and it's designed, if you can operate email, you're overqualified for the challenge, right? <laughs> we really do try to make it for total beginners, right? Okay. So, so the idea, and although I know a lot of very experienced marketers who, when we, because we update the challenge, and the great thing about it is just been updated. So, so cool. this is perfect, perfect time. Well, I'll definitely link to that in the show notes, but just so the listeners don't miss it in case they're listening yep. on audio, it's mm-hmm. challenge.co. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Challenge.co is the and you can sign up and you'll get your links and all of that. It's totally 100% free awesome. and it's a, it's a great resource. And as I say, I know a lot of experienced marketers who consider it spring training and they actually review the materials, particularly the pains, gains and jobs to be done stuff, I think, is nice. a really great reminder. And that's, that covers content. those six focus points that we talked about. Yes, that's right as well. Awesome. Well, if you're listening, definitely check out challenge.co. I know I'm going to do that just after I finish recording this episode. And if there's anything else you want to add, Ed, feel free to do so. No, save often and never (laughs) borrow money needlessly. Two great pieces of life advice that I'd love to leave everybody with today. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Ed. Thank you very much for being on the show and I'd love to have you back someday. Anytime. Thanks very much, mate. It's been awesome. Well, I hope you enjoyed that three-part series with Ed Dale, the master in copywriting, who learned directly from Gary Halbert. If you want to get access to the show notes or any other information related to this podcast series, just head over to ProductiveInsights.com and type in the words Ed Dale, that's spelled E-D-D-A-L-E, and it should bring all the information up. This episode was brought to you by the Productive Insights Podcast Launch Service, which is a done-for-you service that positions you as a leading authority in your market and helps you generate inbound leads by converting listeners into repeat customers. Book a call with me on callashroy.com to find out how to get started. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 